This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. This is Frida Liu. It's Raise Your Game. And today, uh, we're going to be talking about perceptual positions. But before that, many of us are working in jobs we never chose for ourselves. We ended up there either because someone told us we should take it or because it is related to a field of study someone told us to go into. We dress the way other people say we should, go to the places they suggest and do or don't do things out of fear of offending other people. And we live our lives according to what others want us to do because we often live our lives in their shoes. So, yeah. Yes, Human Equation founder Sheila Singham and her guest Salvin Kaur will be talking about how to draw the boundaries around ourselves and make objective decisions about our lives and the things we should do to be happy and fulfilled. Welcome, ladies. And of course, this is our Tools for Transformation series. Sheila comes on the last Friday of every month. So this whole concept of perceptual positions, that's the first I've heard of it. So what what is it all about? Well, the word comes from the word perception, mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it ties in with um, the the premise that we should always respect other people's map of the world. Mm. So respecting other people's map of the world means that sometimes we jump into their shoes for a while to see the world through their eyes so that we can understand where they're coming from and respect their views and beliefs and all that. Mm. That is actually called when you step out of your shoes into someone else's shoes. That's actually what we call taking the second perceptual position. Mm. Now, perceptual positions, as we we know it, the the technique that we practice in our trainings, um, it it comprises three positions. Mm -hmm. The first position, first perceptual position is what we call the me position. The me. Me. Me being that I in my shoes Mm. looking at the world through my own eyes. And then you have the second perceptual position which is the other person, Mm. or it could be the you position Mm. or the other person position. We call it the second position because that's when you kind of like step out of your shoes and into the other party's shoes to look at the world through their eyes. Mm. You kind of for a little while take on their belief system, values and all that to kind of feel what it is to be them. Mm. You know that old Red Indian saying, you don't judge a man until you walked a mile in his Mm. moccasins? Mm -hmm. It's very much tied into getting into the second perceptual position, which is into the other person's moccasins, so to speak, right? And then you have the third perceptual position, which is what we call the neutral position. It's where you kind of dissociate from either your shoes or the other person's shoes and get into a place that is sort of at a distance. Mm. So if you can visualize, Frida, it's like a triangle, okay? The, The bottom part of the triangle Okay, the two feet of the triangle are the me position and the you position. Mm -hmm. And then the apex uh, is the third position. Okay, so the technique that we teach people is if you want to understand different scenarios, let's say you are in a relationship, whether it's a personal relationship or a business relationship, and you really can't understand where the other party is coming from. And you're getting irritated and you're getting annoyed because that, there just seems to be this kind of impasse, you know, and you can't get beyond that. So what we advocate is step out of your own shoes and go immediately into the third position. That is the apex of the triangle. And from where you are up there, and you can do this in your head. You can mm. imagine yourself floating up or you can imagine yourself walking away or you can even physically walk away. For people who are very kinesthetic, who need to feel things, I always tell them when I'm teaching them this technique, they could get up from your chair and walk away a bit far and look at yourself and the other party from a distance. And they actually
actually get it, mm. right? So what happens is you go into the third position, the neutral position, where you can actually see yourself in your shoes and the other party in their shoes. And then you observe their interaction. How are they looking at each other? How are they talking to each other? What is the tonality? You know, mm. what are the the beliefs that each is holding so dogmatically onto? Mm. And you actually get a very, very objective perspective, right? Of these two people and the way they're interacting, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So this is like, in a way, you know, uh, what Stephen Covey seek to understand. Yes. Before yes. being understood, in a, in a way, and then you know, when when you referred to that, I, I remember this uh, this analogy of watching a movie mm. and imagining yourself and that other person, you know, and you're the the viewer watching the movie. Yeah. So then you're away from that. Correct. From that picture. Absolutely. And the fact is, we're always making movies in our mind. Mm. Every experience, every memory, every perception of something, there's actually a picture going on in the mind with sounds and feelings and all that. Mm. So when you're actually in your me shoes, uh, it's very hard to get into understand somebody else's so point there's of view. a lot that going on at the moment oh in this country oh my god not in this country in relationships and everything <laughs> and you know when you're in your me position uh, yeah. it's all about me you know okay yeah. i am hurt i am insulted you're saying this to me you're saying this about me how can you talk like this about me you know it's all me 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 and and we all, all of us, especially in Malaysia as well, we all need to get out of our shoes. We need to get out of our shoes, whatever we are, la, you know, mm. whether we are like Indian Christian or, you know, Chinese <laughs> Buddhist or Malay Muslim or whatever, or Punjabi Sikh, get out of your shoes and then get into the neutral position so that you look at things objectively. Right. You know, like, for example, I, I, I'm looking at this recent how, uh, hoo-ha about, you know, uh, a certain uh, politician, uh, Chinese politician who, who put on a baju kurung and a slendang and went into a mosque to break fast. And I thought, great, she's actually getting into second position. She's matching the other person's and respecting the other party's map of the world. And what's wrong with that? And I'm saying, these all these people who make comments about what people are wearing and where they are going, they should get into third position, really, Frida, and look at things objectively. When they dissociate from it, step out of their issues, they actually go there and say, like, what's the big deal? You know, yeah, let's not make a fast I'll really look very stupid you know <laughs> but when they're in their me shoes uh, they don't realize that they're saying and doing stupid things la. Right. you really need to step out of your shoes to be able to see that okay so in this case as well and, and this, this is a very good example what about in the workplace and, and, and I guess you know you're trying to work on a project and you, you're loggerheads with someone you know, I guess how, do you, how would you put this in the workplace well what I would advocate I actually have used this technique with groups mm-hmm. let's say you know for example I give you an example when I do training I always have like the sales team and the follow-up team, uh, the customer service team, somehow they are always at loggerheads because mm. the sales team will promise the customer the earth, <laughs> okay? And then and because that's that's their job, right. you know, they to get the sale, they need to to promise uh, whatever that can be delivered. Then the customer service side will say, "You crazy? Uh? Oh no way, we can deliver all that in the time frame you asked for, uh. So they don't understand. So what we do actually a technique is to get the customer service people into the sales people's shoes and the sales people into the customer service people's shoes like get them to follow each other out on when mm. they're meeting customers and all that and then they absolutely get it mm. and also you can use this technique anywhere let's say Frida someone's writing a report mm. 
Okay, so you want to make sure that the person who's reading the report, or maybe even a paper, a presentation, or um, something that's seeking to to gain a proposal, to gain a budget approval or whatever, when you're writing it, you're writing it in your me shoes, right? Mm. What you actually need to do is step out and be very very objective, okay. and to be able to look at how the two parties would be interacting then step into the other party's shoes so let's say you're writing this paper for directors of a board to give a budget approval then you need to step into the shoes of those directors Mm. if you've got like say eight directors take turns to step into the shoes of the different directors then you will begin to understand what are the questions they will ask Mm. what are the reservations they might have like that Mm. okay so that then you can go back into third position and very objectively look at what you need to change in your proposal and go back and do it now, many writers do this, okay? Writers who are also editors, like for me, I've, I've been a journalist, so I write and I've edited. So when I was writing, I always stopped, got into the third position shoes. Then I would get into the shoes of my editor so that I'm like, cover all bases. Mm. You can do this in negotiation as well. Whether you're negotiating with one party or you're negotiating with an organization like business to business, I advocate all those who are going into negotiation to actually step into the other party shoes to see what they want what are their possible objections what are their reservations and all that then get into the neutral position uh, the third position and then examine examine how is the current interaction Mm. and how now that you've been in the other shoes of the other group the other party how would you want the interaction to change and improve then you go back into your shoes and adjust accordingly very very interesting because a lot of times people just write for themselves and then they they don't understand why is he asking me this but Mm. if you're right like say eight directors and you actually prepare the questions that this director will ask this director will ask so that you know when they're going to ask these questions you already have it you know ready at your fingertips as well absolutely see one of the things we do I mean we do a lot of corporate trainings uh, human equation so in many of our trainings we incorporate this perceptual positions technique let's say we're doing stakeholder relationship management so a lot of people they're like oh you know our stakeholders are giving us grief about this and don't know what kind of silly strange questions they're asking so what we do is actually get them out of their shoes into a neutral position so that they really have no sort of like you know interest in the entire thing to look at it very objectively so that they're able to see actually what questions people will ask Mm. and then step into the stakeholder shoes we also do that with the presentation skills workshop we do it in a conflict management workshop because when you teach people some of us do it you know naturally we step into other people's shoes hey why are they upset with us I step out into their shoes oh okay maybe I shouldn't have said that Mm. that's actually doing it in a very ad hoc way but what we're saying is that whenever you're interacting especially in business uh, with another group of people customers even when you're doing product development you know people a lot of times people produce products for themselves uh, for the production the design team they'll go like this is so fantastic yeah but is it user friendly when you put it out there who is your target market you've got to step into their shoes feel what they're feeling go through what they're going then you will be get able to really improve so this is a very very simple Mm. but powerful technique. You can sit down in your chair and you can do it in your head. All right. Uh, after this, we'll hear from Salvin Ko how she used perceptual positions and transformed her life. Uh, I'm here with uh, together with uh, Sheila Singer from Human Equation, our Tools of Transformation series. You're listening to Raise a Game. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Busy finding money. 
BFM 89.9. This is Razor Game. Good morning. I'm Frida Liu, and it's our Tools for Transformation series. Sheila Singham from Human Equation here, and we're discussing uh, perceptual positions and how that helps us in our thinking. Uh, what was the first position was the me position. Me, 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 me. That's opera for you. And then there's second position, which is the you. And then there's third, which is the neutral position, where you're able to just step out of this and you know look at things more objectively, I guess, at the end of the day. Uh, Selvin Ko is here, and you know, so you actually uh, found out that this about this whole concept, perceptual position. But maybe just tell us, tell us your story and what what came about from this whole thing, and yeah, your understanding of perceptual position. Um, well, um, I joined the uh, NLP prac mm. with uh, human equation, and um, it was uh, it was a mind blowing experience. Actually, the first. Um, it was a nine-day program, and the first three days, I was actually very puzzled with everything that was going on <laughs> and uh, <laughs> with how things were going on, you know, during the sessions as well. But the um, fourth day, when I we actually did this tool, perceptual positioning, and that's when I had the... Uh, it was a real hit to me mm. because I realized that I was actually in um, second position um, all my life. Okay. And um, living... Um, you know, based on what my parents, um, their belief system mm. and how they see things and how they feel and what they think. Uh, and um, I never thought about myself, actually. Mm. Mm. And uh, everything I used to do um, um, in terms of my career, in terms of making decisions, my thoughts and all, I always look at how they think mm-hmm. and uh, how they feel about it. It was never about how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was a really big hit for me, mm-hmm. uh, realizing that. And uh, when I went into third position as the observer, observing myself and um, my parents, I actually realized that I chose to believe that way. It was never my parents or you know those people that I were in second position telling me what to do or how should I go with my career, everything. I just chose to believe that it's supposed to be that mm. way. It it was never that way. I just believe that that's how my life is going to be. Right. You know, being in that se- second position. Mm-hmm. and um, leading my life that way. So from that realization, you moved to the first position about what you wanted. Exactly. Right. So because before, when I was all this while being in second position, I was never uh, fulfilled. Mm. My life was never fulfilled. I was never happy. Mm. There was something empty in my life. Mm. It was always something lacking. Mm. Um, and every day I go through feeling that emptiness in me. Mm. And it was it was carrying on for many years, uh, of course, until I realized it during this tool mm-hmm. that um, I built the courage when I was in first position. Okay. Because before this, I didn't even have a stand on making my own decisions. So, so what changed when you realized and moved to the first position? Oh, a lot of things. <laughs> I realized that I... I dictate, I mean, I am in charge of my life. Mm -hmm. I make my own choices. Mm. Um, And uh, not to actually think about, it's it's good to know what other people feel, but at the end of the day, I need to know how that makes me feel. 
how I I feel about it and the decisions should come from me and uh, when I realized that um, being in first position I I realized the happiness I had mm-hmm. and how life is fulfilled mm-hmm. that emptiness in me just went away okay so what did you do differently though when you say you make that realization oh, what changed um right after the session actually I left and I went and did a makeover I went to the saloon mm-hmm. I changed my hairstyle mm-hmm. I changed my entire wardrobe mm-hmm. And um, to the way I wanted to dress, it was a complete makeover. Mm-hmm. And um, the my dressing, my hairstyle, I even personality, yeah. entire personality. Yeah, my changed. entire personality actually, the way I speak, the way I see things, and um, it was all. Uh, it, it was really different. Okay. It was like I found myself. Right. So and and the way you were behaving before, no, nobody imposed it on you. No, not at all. It was just you just thought yeah. this would please the parents. This would you were just sort of living in. That's fo- how I I perceive things at that moment mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to you know be in that manner that I cannot if I say this kind of things then I might just hurt people's feelings right. or you know hurt their feelings and I should do it this way because that's how it it's supposed to be. Okay, you, you know we we go through these cultural things and then you know coming from certain families and mm-hmm. all that as well and sometimes we're like you know you do have to live according to my rules. I mean you know. Th- well-meaning parents or whatever, uh, you know, you, you, there are some, you know, maybe the parents are a little bit more liberal, but what about some people who have parents that aren't as liberal? What then? Well, the, the decision you have to make then for yourself is, are you going to live your life for yourself? Are you, or are you perpetually going to be living your life to please someone else? Mm. Now, I'm a parent myself, and I can say to you wholeheartedly that parents should not try and live vicariously through their children. They should not impose their decisions, their likes and dislikes, their career choices on your children. They should not impose their do's and don'ts on their children. Your children are a gift that are given to you and temporarily for mm. you to guard and nurture and shelter. Mm. And at some point, they need to go out there and become their own people. Mm. So a lot of us continue to live in second position constantly trying to preempt what our parents would want, what they should do and all. And then at the end of the day, we we go through four or five decades of our lives and we say, well, you know what? I lived for my parents and they didn't appreciate it really. They didn't just totally appreciate me. And now they've gone. And I'm not even the person I want to be. I don't know who I am. Mm. I am somebody else's creation, not mine. Mm. And so, I mean, for me today, if if I have a very strong message for everyone out there, I'm not saying live in first position to the exclusion of everyone else. And this is something you talk about, ecology. It doesn't affect anybody else. Yes. You can't just do what you want and go and be what you want. I mean, without at least um, thinking of the ecology of how it's going to impact your children. I mean, if your family and you've got children, you can't just say, you know what, I'm going to leave all this and go to the Himalayas and become a, a, a hermit or a Swamiji or something. You can't just abandon. That's not ecological. You need to do your duty. So I'm not saying do not respect your parents, do not honor your parents. Um, of course, you need to, in a way, conform to social norms. You need to dress in a decent way. Uh, if you're in Malaysia, you can't just walk around burying yourself. We ha- we even, <coughs> everyone here has got certain standards about, you know, culture mm. and things. Um, but 
I think that you shouldn't live your life in second position. Right. I think you should step into second position to understand how the other party feels mm. about things, feels about you, you know. But then, then you need to step out into third to have a very objective view of what you can and cannot do, mm. and then get into first to sort of consolidate the boundaries around yourself. So you don't allow yourself to be used by people, mm. abused by people, to be shaped by people, but you are your own person with your own choices, your own belief system that you decided to adopt. Right, and I think at the end of the day also, you know, uh, it's oh. not so much, when you say you go through this transformation, this is a physical transformation I see, but I think more importantly was the in, in, internal transformation. With in, Salvine? With, yeah. With Salvine, Definitely was the internal transformation that then really came outwards. Mm. Why she was like that. When she came to, to the course, she was like what you would expect a 40 or 50-year-old parent to <laughs> be imposing or to be dressing. You know, She wore baggy clothes, she had long lanky hair, geeky glasses. She was very introverted. She hardly spoke. It, she was very sad. Mm. You know, then by, you know, after perceptual positions, the spark came back that she had that aha moment like, oh my God, I'm living in my parents' shoes. I am my parents, you know. <laughs> and then Salvin got back into first position and then we all saw the transformation. She became naughty. Mm. She became live vivacious she was joking and then when she came in to class with this you know really sleek bob and this totally new wardrobe and high heels and we all looked at her like seriously and you know Salvin is a classic example she's given me permission to show the before and after photos to my clients and I really because when I when I go to promote my tools for transformation to corporates they and and I show them the picture and I say you don't need a grooming course you know after this because <laughs> you naturally people just when they ch when they're happy inside it yeah. will always come outside right sure thanks for being with us and sharing your story uh as usual sheila singham from human equation uh, in our tools of transformation series and solving core uh this is raise your game bfm 89.9 thank you for listening to this podcast to find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on itunes BFM 89.9, The Business Station.